Welcome to Side Effects with an A. When effect is normally used, it's a noun. It's already occurred. Effect is a verb meaning action. Action influences outcomes. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne Marie Singleton. We will provoke you to think differently. Side Effects, where problems are defined, solutions exposed. Welcome back to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne Marie Singleton. How are you, Anne? Doing great. How are you today, Scott? Doing great. Hey, tell me a little bit about this webinar that you had last week. Uh, the ACA webinar that we did with our partners at Paycor. Yeah, so a um, colleague of mine, Beth Bailey, and I did a, a Paycor webinar on the Affordable Care Act and some updates there. And one of the things that's really important to me after I give a talk is feedback. And I think I mentioned to you that no one could see me and I couldn't see them. And that drives me a little bit crazy. So I bugged my contact over there to get the survey results back to me. Took about a week or so. Um, you know, you gave me feedback because people can't see us here. But you got you got a haircut. And yes, I did. And you said to me, oh, you got your haircut. Pause. Nothing came after it. So yeah, that's good. The feedback, and, and I you gave me feedback. <laughs> right. What did I tell you? you? Basically, what I what I heard, what I heard you say is, if somebody gets a haircut, and if you like the haircut, you would say, your hair looks great. Did you get a haircut? Right. Versus, if you don't like it, don't say anything at all. Right. But never say, did you get a haircut? <laughs> great feedback. <laughs> Right, yeah. Never sure how to take that. So, um, yeah. Well, I think even for men, and Mike Sutman said this too, the president of McGowan Braybender said, the fact that we would even recognize that you got your hair cut was like a double bonus. Right. You guys were, were far ahead, right, of the rest of the, no, no offense to our male listeners, but we're, you know, you were far ahead actually recognizing that something different had happened. Exactly. Right? And, and I like your hair. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's nice feedback. Yes, I do like it. So, so, so talk to me about the feedback you got during the uh, the ACA uh, webinar. Yeah, sure. So I think you know we had about eighteen hundred folks register for that, and of course we didn't get eighteen hundred responses. Not everybody took the time to complete the survey, and we hope that they do because we we want to know how can we get better, how can we improve. Um, that's the reason that you know I'm usually seeking that feedback, and we probably had. Five or 600 people provide feedback. And so the first thing I did when it came in is I went to the column where they could choose, you know, poor, average, good, excellent. And I looked through all the words. You know, I want to know what did they say. Then I went back and combed through all their actual comments where they could enter in words. But for me, I, I saw a couple of things. One is we had a lot of really high marks, which, okay, that makes you feel good. We provided valuable information. We had three people say it was average. I'm focused on those three. Yeah. So for me, I immediately go to the negative. Like, wait a minute. Why, why, why were those three? Why were we only average? What, what, you know, what did we do? So then I look at their comments and there aren't any. Thinking, okay, great. Now how am I supposed to know how to improve? Um, and even worse are the people that didn't give us any feedback. Yeah, great point. So we're coming right off the heels of our review process here at McGowan Brabender. We refer to as Aim Big. And in the last 60 days, all we've talked about is feedback. Uh, coming back and forth, and you're exactly right. So one of the things we encourage people to talk about is, hey, what is one thing that I do really, really well inside the organization? And then the second element is, what is one thing that's holding me back? Uh, and let's face it, I mean, all of us, some people say, I love feedback. And 
I'm not sure that's I'm not sure that's true for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, there's there's two two levels to I love feedback. So I was that kid in school who turned in my test and stood there and said, can you grade it now? Can you can you grade it now? Will you grade it? Like I couldn't stand not having my grade. Right. The teachers knew that about me. And I got immediate feedback. It was a number on my paper. Was it, you know, an 80, a 90, a 100? Um, that that was good. I could get that feedback and do something with it. But when you have to tell somebody about their performance, that's different. It's not a number on a paper. It's, hey, you didn't do a good job or, hey, you could have done a better job. That feels a lot different it's as, hard. as an adult versus a grade on a, on a piece of paper. You know, I think the hard thing in feedback, too, is a lot of times we want to give people feedback, but we have to own our own side of the street. So what is our role in this feedback? Right. So directionally, if I asked you to do something and it wasn't done up to my expectations, the first step of that is, was I clear in those expectations? And if I wasn't, then I'm just living in my own head with expectations that you're never really aware of. Right. Which is really unfair to you. It's unfair to everyone. Right. So that's what you're saying, I think, is that there's two roles in in feedback. I mean, when you... Some people think about it. You're like, I'm going to tell this person. I'm going to give this person a piece of my mind. How many times have we said that, right? That's feedback. People give it all the time when you go through a purchasing experience or a retail store experience. Um, That feedback's coming whether that store clerk wanted it or not, right? But we're talking about, you know, feedback maybe in in a professional setting or a work setting. And there's two roles. There's the giver and there's the receiver. And you can't just expect to give feedback and not play your part. Like you said. Right. I think one of the worst things, too, about feedback is sometimes when you when you keep feedback that you want to give to people and you keep it in this backpack that you wear on your back. And then, uh, you know, fortunately, we're learning as an organization how to give constructive feedback. Uh, and uh, hopefully a lot of organizations just don't have an annual re- review process. So let me just unpack my backpack in front of you right now. Right. Which is really, it's, it, it's unfair. It's, it's, it's tremendously unhealthy. Well, and it's unproductive for the workforce, for the employee, for the employer, and for their clients. I mean, you know, I was reading an article about feedback, and one of the things they compared regular feedback to is a GPS, and so GPS is real time. It's right now. If you, you know, don't turn the correct direction, she's saying, turn right now. Make a U-turn, right? She's giving you feedback on the spot. And I think doing a once-a-year performance appraisal or even asking someone you're in a relationship with, whether it's a client or, you know, a family member, once a year how you're doing, um, it's like printing out an old map from 1980 and trying to get to your destination. Some yeah. of those roads aren't even there anymore. No, you're exactly right. And, you know, I'll go back to even in our relationship. So, you know, and you and I work together uh, a lot. Ten years now. Uh, And then uh, historically, one of the things that probably both of us have done is we've held feedback um, back from each other. Uh, And then (laughs) when that comes out, unfortunately, it comes out and it's it's more of a it's more of a fire hose than it is a conversation, which is unhealthy. Right. There's nothing constructive about that. Without a, without a doubt. Right. I think one of the things that I appreciate about our relationship today in moving through feedback is, at least our relationship is, is that we won't go to sleep at night if, there, if there's something in our mind that we haven't had the conversation with each other about, which I really appreciate and I really respect because we, we wake up and it's a brand new day. Right. 
Right. It's really, I think it's really important. And, you know, I was reading a study by um, the University of Oxford, and they're there's some rules that they give about giving feedback and then receiving feedback. And there's actually more rules when you're the giver, right, than when you're the receiver. But the one thing that they say is don't wait. Um, don't wait. And then just after they say don't wait, the last rule of giving feedback is expect the person to be defensive if the feedback is negative. And so we're, t- we're focused a lot on negative feedback because I think that's the first thing people think. Can I give you some feedback that it's going to be how could you improve or what could you do better? But there's a lot of positive feedback out there as well. It's not all negative. Well, and I think even Mike Sutman told me this the other day, and I, and, and I actually wrote about it uh, in our weekly update. But it was around feedback in regards to an Oreo. So I love Oreos. I'm not. I'm a dipper. Are you a dipper? I am a dipper. Yeah. I do not pull them apart. I don't. I don't scrape it with my teeth. I never really understood people that did that. It just seems like a tremendous waste of time. But in giving feedback uh, in regards to an Oreo, the first part of that is let, let's say something very complimentary or encouraging to people. And then the bottom layer is I need to tell you something that I think would help you. Uh, and then the middle part uh, is more about how do I how do I say this in a loving way? Right. So we both leave this room and we're encouraged by each other. Right. And, you know, something something you, you just said made me think of this. You said, how, how can I give that feedback in a loving way? So in a professional environment, you don't always hear people use that word, right, love in a work setting. But, I mean, we're all people. We all have compassion. We're all human. We all have feelings. And I've always been of the mindset that you should be brutally honest. I grew up that way. I felt like you should be that way. I'm pretty hard charging for people who know me. And, you know, let me just tell you just how it is. And the reason I'm doing that is because I want everyone to get better and we're all going to get better. And then I heard Mark Thompson talk to us. And for those of you listening, if you listened a couple weeks ago, you might have heard Mark Thompson, who's out at Aileron, was a guest on our show. And Mark talked to us about the importance of feedback during one of our leadership sessions. And he said that it's really important to give honest feedback, but it doesn't have to be brutally honest. It could be lovingly honest. And I was like, hmm, I've probably been thinking about this wrong all along. Which is interesting because... If you don't mind being brutally honest, how do you like people being brutally honest to you? Yeah, no, that's not going to happen because I might come right back at you. So it's, um, you know, the other thing you can't assume is that just because someone can dish it out doesn't mean they can take it back. Correct. So I'm probably one of those people. The first thing that I want to do is tell people how they can get better. But the minute you, you know, you start to tell me, I'm going to recoil from that right away. Now, I do like the feedback. It just needs to come in a different package. Does it yeah. need a bow? It might need some wrapping paper, right? Um, but I want it. And if I can have a little time to think about it, then I want to do something about it. But I think at the end of the day, when you look at this, too, and you think about the organization as an entity, um, all we're really looking for is progress inside of our organizations to be successful and sustainable and repeatable and, and to grow our organizations, uh, and, and feedback is hard. And I read this and I wrote about this, too, but I really like this. It, it, it was called Three Strikes and You're In in regards to feedback. So strike one, think of the first thing you'd want to say or do and don't do that. Just take a deep <laughs> breath. That's because the first thing you want to do is defend yourself against what you perceived as an attack, slight or an offense. Strike two is think of the second thing you'd want to say or do and don't do that either. Take a second breath. That's because the second thing you want to do after being attacked is to retaliate. 
It only escalates matters. And then strike three is think of the third thing you'd want to do or say and then do that. That's because once you get past defending yourself and retaliating, you're a better chance of seeking a solution. And I think that's really important, especially in your, um, you know, you saying to all of us uh, and being vulnerable is, I don't mind being brutally honest. I just don't accept someone being brutally honest back to me is is honest and right. fair. And I wish I mean, I wish I wasn't wired that way. It's uh, sort of some hard wiring that I've, I've tried to unplug some things and make that not happen. But so has it changed your ability to give feedback? Because if you're just the giver. Ultimately, we have to be good receivers of that feedback, too. Yeah. So it's funny you say that. I was having a conversation with Mike Sutman, our president, a week or so ago, and he was going on and on and on about um, something good that I was doing. And um, not only do I not take negative feedback initially very well, I also don't take the positive feedback initially very well either. Something is clearly wrong with my wiring. So he was saying something very— Are you just a hot mess? I, you might say that. <laughs> um, so he was saying something very nice to me, and, and another coworker was there, and um, I was like, you know, kind of poo-pooing it and discounting it and so forth. And he said, now stop it. Don't give that many compliments. I'm trying to tell you you did something well. Say thank you. And I was like, oh, Thank you. So it's not just the negative that some people can't take in. It's the positive, too. You know, that's a great point, because I think sometimes uh, with a lot of people, it's it's hard to accept a compliment. And when someone pays you a compliment, it's almost like they're paying for your lunch. And you should thank them for that. And a lot of times, even maybe we'll go out to lunch with people, and they always want to buy. And then we get in this big, gigantic argument. Uh, and I had someone tell me a long time ago, stop doing that to me because I want to do something nice for you. And every time you do that, it's selfish because I want to do something nice for you. And right. I was like, whoa, gigantic wake up call. Right. Good feedback. Great feedback. Uh, and now if someone wants to trump, um, you know, paying for lunch, you know, gladly, you know, do so. Not because I want them to pay for lunch, because if they want to give that, I have to be a good receiver of that as well. Right. And, you know, this all ties into you know, our employers that are listening, I mean, if you think about what you're doing with your employees, what you're doing in terms of your annual performance appraisals, what you're doing in terms of talking to your employees on a regular basis, not even annual, if it's weekly or monthly or quarterly, you know, then you tie in this complicated world of benefits, which is where we live, and you talk about feedback there. I mean, if they're not practicing feedback inside their organization, um, that could spill over to the benefits plan, too. I and mean, if you talk about employee benefits once a year um, and you don't get feedback throughout the course of the year on how are your benefits working, do you understand them, it, it's all related. It's just about a relationship with, with another person, right? It's a safe relationship, fair conversations with good, honest people. And, you know, when you harbor those in your heart or you harbor those in your mind. And I always like to say your brain's like a bad neighborhood and you shouldn't be there alone. Not giving people feedback um, can really rewire your noggin. Or asking for it. Let's talk about asking yeah. for feedback for a minute. Um, you know, I think that the folks in our organization that are the best at, at getting feedback and not taking it negatively are probably our customer care team. Mm -hmm. The people that call them are not calling to tell them to have a nice day. They're calling because they need help, they've got a problem, and sometimes they're taking it out on them. 
And I think they follow your rule of three because they certainly can't say the first thing that comes in their mind if somebody hollers at them on the phone. I mean, think of any call center, uh, any, any place where someone calls for help or service. Um, those folks are professionals. They're trained at getting that feedback and then helping and doing something about it, right? Yeah, I even think our customer care team, I mean, one is who wants to return something at a, at a customer service desk? Nobody. Right. It's like the walk of shame or something. Yeah, and then who wants to call uh, an insurance broker or an insurance company when they have a problem? And let's just face it, historically, most people feel like anger is going to get them the, the best result. Or well, the more ticked I get, it, I'm going to get the best result. So our customer team, uh, care team, they know that. And one of the things that we, that we talk to them about specifically is your job is to create an experience for people. So the first stage of that is you need to be a really good listener Mm -hmm. and you need to be empathetic because a lot about feedback is around the emotional intelligence of people. Right. And the first stage of that emotional intelligence is being empathetic because there's a lot of feedback I think both of us would like to give people. Emotional intelligence tells us sometimes with some people. It's not the right time. It's not the right time. Or place. Or place. Yeah. Asking the question. This is simple, but, you know, I I hadn't really thought about it until someone said it to me. Ask the question, can I give you some feedback? Are you willing to hear some feedback? Mm -hmm. And be willing to get the answer, no, not right now. I mean, that's feedback, right? And then do you give it to them anyway? No. Okay, I'm kidding. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Unless maybe they cut me off on the highway and then there might be some nonverbal feedback. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, no, I think there's there's a really a time and a place for that because the whole point of feedback is to work better in a relationship, to solve a problem, to advance, to move ahead. I mean, let's face it. Sometimes you give feedback just because you can't help yourself and it makes you feel better. That's not why you should be doing it. Yeah, it's all, all in a, a posture of growth. Right. Personal growth for yourself. Growth for the uh, organization and growth for the, for the other uh, person. Yeah. I was like my, what my dad said about feedback is he said, you know, what you need to do in regards to feedback is give people a reputation to live up to. Yeah. And the other thing he said, which um, I strongly believe, and some people have, uh, have, have disagreed with me on this, is that everybody needs encouragement and the people that deserve it the least need it the most. Right. I believe that's true. And anything you read about um, raising kids or having difficult teenagers, um, if you're a parent, you, you've had to have read at least one article, even if you have an angel child, every now and then they are not good. Um, it says that. So, you know, when they're the worst, they really need you the most. And those kids grow up and turn into people. And in business, you know, we're here to serve our clients. Businesses are typically in business to make money. And you forget that human element. Well, I think what most people forget in feedback is when you say three positive or kind things about somebody in their role, then you've almost earned the right to deposit feedback. Right. Unfortunately, I think for a lot of organizations and people, I'm going to talk to you about three bad things, and then I'm going to pat you on the back and say something kind. Right. And that's ineffective. So I think, you know, something else that I was looking at is really the, the correlation between leaders' effectiveness and employees who receive feedback on a regular basis. So um, Forbes published a study a few years ago. They had 22,000 leaders in this study, so pretty statistically significant. And those that scored in the bottom 10% in their ability to give honest feedback had a 25% engagement of those direct reports to them. 
Conversely, those in the top 10% had a 77% engagement of their workforce. So those leaders that were able to give honest feedback in a timely manner, not talking about good or bad, just honest, right, had much more engagement from their workforce. That's pretty powerful. Well, going back to your GPS analogy, right, if I only look at my GPS once a year, where have I been? Where am I going? Why didn't you tell me a month ago that I was on the wrong highway? (laughs) I mean, all of that stuff just becomes really, really destructive. I think as we just kind of uh, begin to wrap up here, I think what's important too, my opinion, one of the most important traits of feedback is listening. So I think God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason is to be really good listeners for that feedback. I think our first step in that is to be very de- defensive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> as, as vulnerable sometimes as I am and as, you know, you say you're humble. If you say you're humble, then really that's not, that's not very humble. But I also think that when I hear feedback, my, my first reaction is um, I'm pretty stubborn, so I don't like it. Yeah. So a, p- a good piece of advice that I got from somebody is instead of defending yourself, just ask a lot more questions about that feedback. Right. Because the feedback, it could be incorrect or it could be inaccurate. Yeah, check that you fully understood it. I mean, Correct. that's one of the things that, that University of Oxford said as the receiver is check to make sure you understood it. The other thing I think, and you, you said this, is um, you know, comment on the positive, focus on the behavior and not the person, and, and own the feedback. Say, I observed this, I saw this, versus you did this, you did that. So, I mean, if you're the giver, make sure you're owning that, that feedback. Well, if I, you know, as we wrap up, you can go to healthierbirthdays.com. Uh, we'll put a couple of uh, articles out there to key to giving and receiving feedback. Uh, Harvard Business Review is a great magazine. Uh, Ann and I read that together. Uh, some terrific articles. Ann had mentioned a couple articles uh, in there as well. Uh, feedback is really critical, and I think for you and I personally and professionally, uh, giving feedback on a daily be- basis has allowed us to um, to grow together. I agree, and we'd love feedback from you. So please email us at ann at healthierbirthdays dot com or scott at healthierbirthdays dot com. And Scott mentioned our blog um, where we'll post some of these articles. But if you have feedback, please please share it with us. We want this to be valuable for you. Thanks for listening and opening your mind. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach us at scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Or Ann at healthierbirthdays.com. We hope you'll join us next time on on Side Side Effects. Effects.